Listening to 613 Wrestling. I am all alone today, but that's okay. I uh, just wanted to get uh, back on track, back in the mix. Uh, Mark unfortunately wasn't able to come out tonight uh, to the 613 Wrestling Studio, but nonetheless, we're going to put together a show and uh, try and get back into the swing of things and have a little more regular recordings. I know it's been a little bit of time, but hey, that's the way life goes. So today, we're going to just take it easy. Uh, I wanted to get a chance to talk about. C4 Wrestling's Crossing the Line 12 Set It Off, which is the season finale. Uh, that took place back on June the 21st. I also kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the big event coming up for C4 on the 16th of August. The Fighting Back 9. It is the Cancer Special uh, fundraiser that uh, is going to be one hot ticket item. I can already tell you why, uh, but you'll have to find out. And uh, just wanted to give some other thoughts and opinions on how I think things are going in the wrestling world and uh, where we can go from there. So hang tight, sit back, relax, uh, grab your favorite soda beverage or alcoholic beverage if you're into that kind of shindiggery. And uh, we'll be right back after the break to talk a little bit about crossing the line. Did it meet the expectations of some of the other hot, hot shows that C4 has put on. Stay tuned. Thank you again for joining us. Once again, my name is Kyle. I am here alone in the studio, here to talk about Set It Off. This was the season finale for C4 Wrestling that took place back on the 12th of June. I uh, wanted to just kind of break down the matches and, and go from there. Pretty straightforward. We'll go match by match, give you my thoughts and opinions, give the outcomes, and uh, and then you guys can let us know what you think of the, of the event. Uh, again, another packed house. Uh, a really great turnout. One of the things, a big shout out to, uh, to Mark and the crew uh, for setting up a new process uh to be able to you know if you want to be in the front row you pay the money and then you just have to relax and just show up when you want to show up because your seat's reserved no more hassles no more fighting no more mysterious extra people with tickets it's worked out perfectly so far we've done a couple of shows with this and uh it's just nice to know that i don't have to wait at like five o'clock in the afternoon evening just to get uh a seat with uh with my friends so, uh, you know, that's a big shout out to them. And uh, hopefully, you know, we'll see more of this. Uh, figuring out how to all get along while we're waiting in line. Um, we're all here to have a good time. We're all here to have fun. And that's, uh, that's the main important thing. So let's break it down right now. Uh, up first, right off the top of the show, um, we did have a, a dark match. 
to be perfectly honest with you, it's been a little bit of time since the match happened. Uh, it's not on the official results, so we're just going to say there was a match. Uh, some interesting people came out, uh, some new faces. And uh, unfortunately, I, I just I didn't write it down. I apologize for those who were out on the opening show. I'll do my best to make sure that uh, we get them the respect they deserve next time. So up first on the actual main official show, we had a respect match, a grudge match, the rubber match of Scrapper James Stone against the man, the top guy, Impact Wrestling Zone, all ego Ethan Page. I love Ethan Page. Everyone knows I love Ethan Page. Shout out three new shirts that just came in today. I don't even want to tell you how many Ethan Page shirts I have, but I do really like James Stone as well. Ever since he split out on his own, I thought he's done a fantastic job. He's got a great move set to him. He's got a great appearance to him. Also a super, super nice guy. Uh, so in this case, in the end, surprisingly enough, James Stone gains Ethan Page's respect. It may have taken a shovel to the nuts, but you got to do what you got to do. So in the end, the respect match goes to scrapper james stone all in all it was a solid match to start the show i mean you've got uh you know a bit of a surprise opening a little tomfoolery uh that burned ethan page but it kind of added to the excitement and uh, it was a really great way to start off the match i'll never complain when i get to see these two in the ring up next we had the c4 underground championship in a three-way with jonathan rukin the returning jordan oliver and debuting Dan Housen. <laughs> you know, I mentioned it on Twitter when I when I was there at the match. Dan Oliver, who, you know, goes by the Sauce King. I just can't. I can't do it. I'm never going to call him that. Never going to happen. He put on a decent performance. We've seen him before. He definitely has the potential to do really well. I think he just got to get a little more meat on his bones. Uh, and that way he can be a little more menacing, a little more believable that he's going to kick someone's ass. Um, Dan Housen was a, uh, a great debut. He had a great look, nice, cool face paint. Um, he put on a great show. But in the end, the man, uh, our very own C4 underground champion, retained uh, with Jonathan Rukin coming out on top. He's got a great physical look to him. He's menacing. He gets you in that sleeper hold, and it's lights out. Uh, so, all in all, it was just a fantastic match. Top notch to those three guys. Up next, we had the alien Chris Statlander versus Vita Scott. Shout out to Haley. Not a Vita Scott fan. I think she would cheer for anybody but Vita Scott. But that's part of wrestling, right? You love who you love and you hate who you hate. This match wasn't a strong match. Let's, you know, call a spade a spade. I've seen better performance from both of these two. I've seen better performance from other the women uh, in the matches. Jody Threat, for example, puts on put on a great performance this week. Uh, sorry, this uh, this outing. In the end, Chris Statlander takes the win. Kind of a bathroom break, unfortunately. It is what it is, but I know that we'll get some better performance out of them going forward. Up next, we had uh, a rematch of sorts. Tyson Dukes, who I love. Love the old school look to him and move sets to him. I love that he is more of a technical wrestler. It's a nice change of pace because you can't always be having high flying. Him and Chris Dickinson, who is just a straight up badass, uh, definitely not a uh, 
family-friendly wrestler, but that's okay. Uh, and the Beast King, FTM, uh, who came out to put on a show, this time with no snake. A little disappointing. You know, the snake freaks people out. Uh, taking on Cecil Nix, who just didn't seem to have any partners at first. Couldn't find anybody. But then, at the last second, everyone's favorite big man, Puff, came out, shaking those hips, putting on some moves. And then a bit of a surprise, I think, for everybody is Lefisto came out. She was supposed to come out to the Femme Fatale show, but unfortunately took a nasty spill right beforehand, so she wasn't able to. So it was really neat. I've never seen her before, so it was nice to be able to see her for the first time. And uh, I think she put on a great performance. And all in all, I really actually enjoyed the match. I thought there was a lot of back and forth. There was a lot of variety in who the matchups were and what to expect. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll always love watching Tyson Dukes in the ring. And uh, in the end, uh, Cecil and his team came out to win. I mean, there was a bit of a of a disagreement of sorts between FTM and, uh, and Chris Dickinson. But, you know, heels are going to fight. That's just what they do. And uh, it allowed Cecil and his and team to, to come up with a victory. Up next was a fantastic match. The return... To much fanfare of Red Death Daniel Garcia, you know, shout out to him and the rest of the Buffalo Brothers who have, you know, on the record road to recovery, Daniel looked fantastic. You know, the fact that he broke both his legs, you couldn't even tell. Taking on Stu Grayson, super excited to be able to see Stu still. You know, him and Uno have had that push with AEW. It'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of what happens, where we go from here. Uh, will we get to see them? How often we get to see them? But, uh, you know, no doubt they put on a great performance, went back and forth two you know, physical specimens that I will certainly never match. And, uh, and they put on a hell of a show. Unfortunately, you know, you had Daniel's uh, return was ruined from a, uh, an appearance from the, the one and only Evil Uno. We see him in AEW as a team, but like you know... Any other show, each company is different. They run things differently. And right now, Stu and Evil are, are competing. You know, they hate each other's guts. And so we want to know what's going to happen. <clears throat> and in the end, what we got to see was the reallegiance of, of what's now called the Dark Order. It used to be Super Smash Brothers, copyright, Nintendo, all that jazz. Now they're the Dark Order. They, they've pledged to come back together and dominate. They took on and they went ahead and assaulted Garcia some more, putting him through a table, uh, which is always both a joy and it's got to hurt. But uh, so we'll see if we get to see this duo in action, you know, going forward. Up next, we had, I, I mean, it was just a bananas match. And I think it always is and it always will be. We had a tag team championship match. The Space Pirates with Space Monkey and Chain Saber taking on TDT, Mathieu Saint-Jacques and Thomas Dubois. And right before the match gets started, we have an interruption. Diamond Tiger, Kobe Durst, comes out, talks about how he deserves the right to fight for the Tag Team Championship. He doesn't care who his partner is. He'll take anybody. And lo and behold, Mad Angel. Badass Mad Angel, growing out the goatee, making himself a little tougher, uh, and kind of in a more, you know, don't care attitude, which is nice to see every once in a while. And so they come out as an unlikely pair and these guys were all over the place. Um, always kind of, a a 
point of contention when you're on one side of the ring and the action ends up taking place near the back or, you know, everyone wants to stand up and see. So, but you take it for what it is because at some point in time, you'll be on the receiving end and somebody else will be missing out. Uh, so they went back and forth and then, shockingly enough, Matt Angel and Kobe Durst are your new C4 Tag Team Champions. Who would have thought it? And not only is that, but Kobe Durst has, has made history. C4 Wrestling history. He is the first ever Triple Crown Champion. Having previously held the C4 Championship and the Underground Championship. So that's pretty awesome. So we'll like to see what happens with these two guys. Will they carry through? Will they be able to become the new local bar? Will they take their adversary connection and, and, and build a, a solid team? You know, like Cesaro and Sheamus. Only time will tell, but we'll see what happens. Up next, we had the Blade without the Butcher, Pepper Parks, taking on uh, Wheeler Yuta, who was a a new person for me. Uh, I had never seen him before, so it was nice. You know, I'm always up for seeing some new wrestlers. That match was okay. Um, I've seen Pepper Parks in better matches, especially the one with him and Tyler Dukes, obviously when he's with the Blade. Um, Wheeler Yuta just... Didn't really seem to have the crowd behind him. Uh, he didn't really connect all that much. So, all in all, you know, it was one of the weaker matches. It is what it is. And, uh, and you know, hopefully we'll see some more to that. Uh, next, we had a, a confrontation in waiting. Uh, we had uh, MVP Michael Von Payton trying to figure out what's going on with Sheldon Jean. He turned on him during their tag matches. Didn't show up last show. Not sure what's happening. So here we are. He calls him out. He gets a message saying he's not coming. He doesn't need to. The ruse is on. Sheldon comes and starts kicking the crap out of MVP. So hopefully that means that we're going to get that solid revenge match at the next show. Maybe the maybe the beginning of the next season, but something you know we want a little a little payoff for this uh, confrontation. So we'll see. And last but not least, we have the main event: a six-way elimination match for the C4 Championship. I didn't realize it was going to be elimination. Made it really interesting. Really carried this on even further. Some great contestants in this match. We have the walking weapon, Josh Alexander, the retaining, you know, returning champion. Love the walking weapon. I can watch him all day long. Everything he does is so strong style. It hurts me to watch, but I'm okay with that. Taking on Concrete Rose, Sonny Kiss, who I love. Sonny always puts on a great performance. The crowd is behind, behind Sonny and, you know, all on board. We also had Marco Estrada, who is new to me. Haven't seen him before. I know that at some point in time, he must be paired up with Matt Angel since they have the same intro music. Uh, we have Josh Briggs, who I also love. Super nice guy. Super talented. He's going to be on the Evolve show uh, that's on the network. It's a great opportunity for him. Evil Luno's out there. And Speedball Mike Bailey. Another great show to watch. And I'll tell you, these guys put on a hell of a show. Josh Briggs at the top of his game. He literally soared over the corner of the post. 
it melted my mind, blew up my brain, didn't think he had those kind of hops, and he impressed me the entire time. Even though he didn't win, even though he didn't make it to the end, he still put on a phenomenal performance. I would say he was the best out of anybody in that match. In the end, Walking Weapon retains. Got a little bit of assistance from Daniel Garcia, who came out to revenge, get his revenge on Evil Uno. No one was really complaining. But in the end, Sunny Kiss couldn't beat Josh. Josh is your retaining champion, which means we get to see more Josh. And who's going to complain about that? So all in all, it was a fantastic night. I would say it was not the strongest overall. I think there was a couple matches that kind of brought things down a little. Uh, but in the end, everyone seemed to enjoy themselves. And I think it shows great promise for the next season for C4. This is a promotion that people need to start watching. Independentwrestling.tv uh, has all this stuff. It's all worth getting. It's all worth watching. You're not going to be disappointed. Come out to these shows. 30 bucks. 30 bucks for a front row ticket. 20 bucks for everything else, and you're getting at least like three and a half hours of of a great time. Everyone has fun. Everyone's behind it. Everyone cheers the good guys, boos the bad guys. It's what you hope out of wrestling. It's an experience that nobody should miss out on. Even those people who think wrestling's fake, screw you, it's real to us. Once again, you can catch this show, Crossing the Line 12, set it off on Independent wrestling.tv not a sponsor just an option to rest to watch the wrestling also check out alpha one they got some crazy stuff on there too same price one price for all these promotions and usually they have you know 20-day trials and stuff like that so you can definitely check those out on top of that you know i thought i'd just pair it all in together the next event coming up is going to be august 16th Fighting Back 9, Wrestling with Cancer. This is going to be a huge show. Talking to somebody already who, who was talking to Mark the Promoter, this is one of the biggest shows I'll ever put on. Cody Rhodes will be in attendance. Will he wrestle? We don't know. But he's going to be there, which means he's going to bring hype, which means people are going to come, and this is going to be an excellent opportunity as all the ticket sales go to help fight cancer. You cannot miss this. I will tell you, though, Tickets went on sale today, July 4th at 10 a.m. at Vertigo Records. I was there at 10 a.m. There was already a lineup. I will tell you, all gold tickets sold out. You cannot get any first row M gold MVP tickets. What's left, though? Silver. For 30 bucks, regular price of a gold, you still get in to the early access, which means you get to meet and greet. You're also going to get a pre-show match. Maybe it'll be another Rumble. And you get to pick wherever you want. Second row behind. For 30 bucks, It's a fantastic opportunity. $20 for the rest. But you hosers, you got to wait outside till 7.30. So once again, tickets are on sale. You can get the Silvers and the, and the GAs at Vertigo Records. They also have an Odds and Sods shop on Maribel. Other side tattoo on Gladstone. Come out, check it out, support a great cause. They've done a lot of fantastic work. I will also tell you, during a Twitter Q&A, when I was, you know, I reached out to Cody after he'd already made the announcement he was coming to Ottawa, I said, is Pharaoh going to come? Because I know my kids would love Pharaoh. He said, no, but he was going to bring a friend. Who is that? Is that going to be 
Kenny Omega, maybe Marty Skrull. That'd be a, quite a surprise. Who knows? It could be somebody, but I feel like it's going to be an opportunity for you to see another wrestler that you may have not been able to see so up close and personal. So once again, August 16th is the next show. That's their special Fighting Cancer Edition. There's also going to be an auction opportunity to win some cool stuff. I've definitely taken part of this before. And then the next season will take kickoff on September 20th for season 13. So after the break, I'm just going to shoot the breeze about what I think is going on in WWE and maybe some other wrestling. All right, so uh, stay tuned. Hey everyone, welcome back. It's once again, still Kyle, still by himself, all alone in the 613 Wrestling Studio. It's real quiet, but that's okay. I hope that somebody's listening to this, so I'm not just talking to myself. All right. I kind of wanted to keep this nice and relaxed. Didn't really have a huge format here tonight. Let's talk a little WWE. First things first, I'm getting a little tired of wrestling. Not watching wrestling, experiencing wrestling. I'm just getting a little tired of trying to keep up with the 19,000 hours of WWE television. Not to mention impact, not to mention everything else. So I will admit it, and I feel like I can be comfortable admitting to this. I don't watch the entire show on Raw and SmackDown. And I haven't caught up with NXT. And I'm not even close to catching up with NXT UK. And Impact, I'm like 30 episodes behind. I'm really excited to get up into Impact, as I feel like it's a great platform for some of the independent wrestlers that I follow. It's just, again, it's so much wrestling to watch. So I'm going to give you some little thoughts on what I have about WWE. Um, first things first, though. If you're very, at all interested in the workings, the behind the scenes, what goes on with these wrestlers on a day-to-day basis, you need to check out Ethan Page's vlog. His vlog, which is a vlog. But if you watch them, you'll understand why he calls it a vlog. It's just a really neat experience. Uh, it gets you a lot of access to how the wrestlers operate when they're not in front of you in the ring. And I hope that there'll be opportunities going forward where we get to see more of this, more access to these people. We all know they're real. We all know that Ethan Page's real name isn't Ethan Page, but that's okay. But wouldn't it be neat to see what goes on more behind the scenes of what goes on in WWE? Bring back Breaking Ground. I love that set, that series. The opportunity to see what it takes to become an NXT superstar and eventually move on to WWE superstar it was such a neat thing. We only got one season out of it. Hopefully, there'll be opportunities for more. 24 series is great. 365 is great. You know, we're gaining that access. I just wish, you know, hopefully AEW will give us some more back behind the scenes stuff that isn't part of the show. I want to see, I want to know what it takes to build a wrestling promotion. That being said, I haven't caught up with SmackDown yet. I'll get to it. But I am concerned. I'm not really concerned. I just feel like WWE is in a tough spot when you're trying to appeal to millions of people. You're going to disappoint, for sure. But latest news, 
Paul Heyman's back running Raw. Eric Bischoff's watch, running SmackDown. Is this 2004 all over again? I just take issue with it. Everyone knows that Vince McMahon needs to step down and let Hunter and his team take over. The NXT is a fantastic product. You get everything you want to get in an hour. Not two hours, not three hours. I don't need to see every wrestler on the screen at all times. I don't, you know, I don't need any of that. Let's bring that back. Let's get Hunter, Paul Levesque, running this show. What is Eric and Paul going to bring that we haven't already seen? AEW is going to challenge what WWE does. They're not going to challenge them in the bank. They're not going to challenge them. They're not going to steal the mass amount of fans. But they're going to challenge what gets people interested in watching wrestling and right now WWE is kind of in that peculiar spot where they're almost you know they're obviously too big for their own good I just thought there'd be better options to bringing other people in than bringing in people from back in the day because it doesn't always work yes they maybe understand the business and and the production side of it but not the storytelling we want good storytelling that being said couple things I understand that wrestlers have relationships with other wrestlers. Totally get that. Makes sense. You're spending so much time together. I don't mind when you bring those relationships into your stories. If it happens organically. Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins together as a couple. All the power to them. They can do and they can hang out and do their crossfitting together or whatever it is they do. I just don't think they needed to be together in a storyline. Especially with Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Lacey Evans has got a decent character behind her. She's pretty good in the ring. She probably would have been better off facing somebody like Bailey on SmackDown. Would have been stronger. Putting her up against continues against Becky, throwing in Baron Corbin. Why is Bobby Lashley not going for this championship? Why is Finn Balor not going for this championship? When you remove a large wrestler, a big guy, as your champion, and you side with a smaller wrestler, you open the door for more options. Different matches, different experiences. Why aren't we seeing that? Why aren't we taking advantage of that? And for Raw, Becky is your women's champion. Huge fan of Becky. I feel like they've really squashed her ability to kind of be the people's champion. And there's nobody competing. There's nobody challenging her other than Lacey Evans. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Where's the rest of your roster? So there's that. The wild card thing I understand from a business side of things. You have to have, because you're going to be splitting these shows out onto different channels, you will have customers that don't have one or the other. So execs still want to see the big names on both shows. I don't think you need to do it every week before you even make the move. And I also think it needs to matter. Have a storyline where one attacks the other or one, you know, whatever it is, but don't just bring them on for the sake of bringing them on because now what's the point of having your brand split? And I love the brand split. I love what SmackDown used to be. I love when SmackDown was Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon running the show, trying to put on the best product possible before Shane got himself involved and now it's the best in the world. We're going to lose that. Guaranteed, it's going to happen. We don't have a choice. I wish there was another option, but unfortunately there isn't. Speaking of Shane, 
I can't stand it. I can't stand his storyline. It makes no sense. It's not even remotely believable. It never has, never will be. He should not be beating these wrestlers. You've taken Drew McIntyre, who I think should be competing for your biggest championship on whatever show he's going to be on, and you've made him a lackey. You've made him a Pat Patterson or a Gerald Briscoe. Just, you know, doing your deeds and not really getting anything out of it in return. And now he's has a storyline with The Undertaker? My God, were we not punished enough with Goldberg versus The Undertaker? And yes, Mark, I know you're going to hate this. It's the reality. Undertaker needs to literally rest in peace. Hang up the boots. You had a perfect exit at WrestleMania against Roman Reigns, and you've just shat all over it by coming back and embarrassing yourself. It is embarrassing. Goldberg, also embarrassing. He needs to stop, move on. Nobody cares. Goldberg was never a good wrestler. Why does anybody think he's going to be now that he's even older and farther removed? Move on. Give me something new. Start pushing your other solid wrestlers. Stop reaching into the past and trying to resurrect these terrible images of these wrestlers that used to be in their prime and now clearly aren't. Another thing, 24-7 championship. What a waste. The only good thing is R-Truth and Drake Maverick, a.k.a. Rockstar Spud, and their interaction. That's it. The belt itself is stupid. It is ugly, and it is pointless. Why not bring back the hardcore title? was reading somewhere yesterday or today that they were talking about trying to get the teen demographic up, and that's an opportunity you know, as they go forward and trying to maybe get rid of, move from the PG into that area. Hardcore title would have done that. The 24-7 rule can still exist. Just exist as a hardcore and then be more creative. They've done a great job with the golf course, the airplane, the wedding, all those things. They're funny. But if it's not our truth or Drake Maverick, does anybody care? No, nobody is going to care. You've squandered an opportunity and you've kind of turned it into a giant joke, but just not the joke you want to tell. I'm looking at, you know, some of the other rosters and, and what we're looking at here. And, you know, you have the club back. I'm all for that. Interested to see what's going to happen with them. The Revival, just let them be. Let them be the phenomenal wrestling tag team that they are. I still think they're the best in the world, but you're just not letting them do it. I'm okay with Finn Balor holding a belt. Frankly, I'm okay with Becky holding it, Bailey holding a belt. I'm okay with Ricochet. I think Ricochet offers, you know, for the young folk. And, and Drew Gulak is a great cruiserweight champion because I think he's earned it. He's kind of gone back to his more badass self. Great opportunity. I just have to wonder, what else are you going to do with this roster? Alexa Bliss, you know, why isn't she doing more herself? Alistair Black is just sitting in a closet. Nobody seems to want to talk to him. You're wasting that opportunity with him. You could trim some of these guys, you know, and start bringing, you know, you keep bringing more people up, but nobody's leaving, and so you're just cramming useless time into these people why aren't you know why aren't we making more of these opportunities 
Nikki Cross is getting floundered. You know, she had a fantastic image with with Sanity and the way they were doing there. It was fantastic. Everyone loved it. And now you're she's just doing the bidding for Alexa Bliss and Eric Young is just running around after an ugly looking title. And it's just, it all seems a waste. I think there's opportunities here with some of these performers that they took a little bit of time they could do more with. Killian Dane is another one. But I'm also okay with some of these guys going back to NXT. Let them go back to NXT. Let them remind people what's so great about them. And then give them a chance to hang out there for a bit before you get them back up. Once the main guys have kind of started to fall off or move on. There's those opportunities. There's no rush. Let these people build themselves into performers. I mean, we still have no way Jose is getting TV time. I don't understand that. And I think the biggest unfortunate thing here is you have the Iconics as the women's tag team champions. I love the Iconics. I absolutely love them. I love them on the mic. I love them on Ride Along. Any opportunity you can to put them on TV is great. But what are you doing with those belts? You made a big deal about it and there's nothing happening. We literally are just seeing them do nothing. Where's the showing up in show? Why aren't you showing up on NXT? Why aren't you wrestling for the belt? Like, what's the point of having this championship if you're ever going to do anything with it? So I think they've definitely squandered this opportunity. Really seems like a waste. And the problem is, is I don't know how you get rid of it. Because it's kind of embarrassing to even have it. But hands are kind of tied at this point. That's kind of, you know, a couple of the insights that I've had. Like I said, I haven't really stayed too much attention because there's just so much other things going on. And some of the storylines just don't interest me. And so therefore I skip. I will tell you, though, that I think the best thing that's been on WWE TV in the last month or so is Bray Wyatt. The Funhouse stuff has been fantastic. You know, we're, we're kind of left as to what's going to happen. How, where is this going to lead? My only hope is at least to something substantial because it's been great. I think he also looks great. They did the fitness episode. He was cut. He was, you know, but big. And I'm hoping that he will come back on TV and actually cause some damage instead of just being the scary guy who gets beat all the time. So that's... Kind of my thoughts on WWE right now. Um, you know, AEW is a big question mark. What's going to happen with the live shows? What are we going to see out of those? What's it going to mean for the wrestlers? Because right now they kind of have freedom to go do other shows. Will they get that same freedom? Do they just have to stay off TV? You know, who knows? Only time will tell, I guess. And uh, we'll see where it goes. And there's still no word yet for where how we're going to get to watch it in Canada. TSN has been rumored to be in conversations, but if we don't get it on TSN, you know, where do we have to go? Do we have to start sailing the seven seas with the pirates in order to start watching a little bit of AEW and get a sense of it? Um, hopefully on our next episode, we'll have a chance to break down the entire um, Extreme Rules championship. Um, sorry, championship, pay-per-view I could sit here and I could break down Stomping Ground. Um, I feel like it's a little bit too far removed. Um, I will say these super shows, have them, don't have them, I don't care. But don't slide them in between your regularly scheduled pay-per-views. It's not enough time for you to build to the next pay-per-view. Or, if you're going to do it, do something completely different. 
kind of the way that Impact used to do it, where they'd have like this random pay-per-view, which had no bearing on anything to do with the regular storylines, but at least it was something different. Super Showdown should not be Undertaker versus Goldberg, or one geriatric versus another, but maybe some matchups we haven't seen before. Bobby Lashley versus Big E. Not Baron Corbin. Anybody but Baron Corbin. Start giving those opportunities to some of those wrestlers we don't get to see that often. EC3. And I talk about a waste of a talent. I mean, I haven't always been a big EC3 fan, but I just hate watching guys standing in the back. And that's the only thing they're good for. The... War Machine, Viking Experience, Viking Raiders, whatever they're called. Give them a chance to put them up against a tag team that we wouldn't normally get to see. Mix up some more 205 Live in there. You know, those guys have been doing some great stuff. They put on some great matches. Give them them the platform. Why aren't we seeing a 205 Live pay-per-view? Something. But... Just don't cram it in between the, you know, two weeks before one pay-per-view and two weeks after another. Like, there's just not enough time. We want to understand the stories going to these pay-per-views. But you got to give time for people to build it. Otherwise, what's the point? So that kind of sums up, you know, where I'm thinking we're going with, uh, you know, what what's going on with WWE. And hopefully we'll see some improvement as we go. And... Seeing opportunities for some of these wrestlers to get the credit they deserve and the opportunities they deserve. So next week we'll we'll break down Extreme Rules and uh, maybe we'll have a chance to uh, break down the next AEW pay per view. You know, we'll we'll see what we see what we got and we'll go from there. Um, so like I said, this is a pretty quick show. I just kind of wanted to get back in the groove of things. You know, I realize how much I miss talking wrestling. And so hopefully we'll have the opportunity to get back on a more regular basis. Maybe have an opportunity to hook up with the guys from Wrestling With Ideas who have either a new show or a new thing coming on. It's called Pixels and Pile Drivers Podcast Network. So we'll see what goes on there. My man Colin Scully, Jonathan Skews, and those guys. Uh, you know, they do great work. Um... Maybe we'll talk about a podcast we listen to and and break down some of the interesting ideas. I know Mark and I talked about doing a watch-along. They're always a little challenging just from the sheer time length. Do you want to listen to us for three hours? Who knows? Um, But, you know, we'll see where it goes. And, uh, you know, we'll certainly be able to provide some more information. I'd like to get into discussing a little more of independent wrestling. I think there's great opportunities there for people to see what's going on, see the stars of the future, see the stars of the past when they're not 90 years old. And uh, and it's good to be back. So that being said, thanks very much, everyone, for joining. Once again, my name is Kyle for 613 Wrestling. On behalf of Mark, thanks very much for listening. Stay tuned in the future. We're happy to be back. And uh, check us out on... The usual social networks, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, you know, trying to get back into the swing of things. And, uh, you know, hopefully you guys will be happy with us and uh, we can keep having fun doing this. All right. Thanks again. Have a good night, guys.
613 wrestling <laughs>